The following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. All right, family, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good. How many would agree that it is, it's the most wonderful time of the year? Would you guys agree? It's the most wonderful time of the year, or it should be the most wonderful time. It certainly could be uh, the most wonderful time. This is where uh, God became flesh and lived among us, Emmanuel, and that's what we celebrate. That profoundly changed history, profoundly changed uh, my life. I trust yours as well, and this is the time of the year uh, we get to celebrate the most wonderful uh, time of the year, but the reality is for some people, it's the most stressful time of the year. Can I get a witness, anybody? So there's a lot going on right now. There's a whole lot of things going on. So for some, it's so busy, your prayer is, how am I going to fit it all in? There's so much to do, how am I going to fit it all in? For some, you might be a little overextended. You might be saying, how am I just going to pay for it all? And for some, uh, maybe the holidays sometimes can bring up some hurts from past, from our experiences, from our life story, whatever we've been through. And for some, you might be praying, how can I just get through it all? Um, The holidays bring up a different thing for different people. My prayer is that it will, in fact, be the most wonderful time of the year for you. Uh, And God wants to invite you into something so much sweeter, I believe, this Christmas than what we typically experience. So much sweeter. How many people are up for a sweeter Christmas? Sweeter Christmas. Okay. Not Christmas sweater, sweeter Christmas. Christmas sweaters is a whole nother topic. <laughs> and uh, Christmas sweaters, you know, some are good and some are not so good. Some of them are the kind you get at, at a gift exchange, right? You know, at a, how many have been to a gift exchange before? Okay, so gift exchanges work a lot of different ways. This is a time of the year and there are gift exchanges coming up. Uh, sometimes at a gift exchange, you might, you know, you're told to bring a gift of, say, $25 in value. So you might go out of your way, get a gift, and some of these gift exchanges, things are, you know, uh, going across the room, and then some people are stealing gifts. Have you heard of this, right? They get to steal, like, two times. They get to steal. Like, what are we encouraging? <laughs> stealing gifts, really. Jesus' birth, they would steal. So people are stealing. You can steal it once. You can steal it twice. Everything's fine. Uh, but, you know, what can happen right there is, you know, you can bring something really cool, like a power drill, and you can end up going home with a cup from the Dollar Tree. You know what I mean? Like, wow, you know. So some exchanges work out really well. Some exchanges don't work out uh, so well. And I would say that's the same in life with us. Some of our exchanges that we have in life, just the exchanges in life uh, with people, some of them work out pretty well and some of them don't work out so well. But I want to encourage you, with the Lord, all exchanges work out well. With the Lord, every exchange you make works out well. And that's important to know we're going to focus on that today. We're going to look at God's gift exchange, because when you do a gift exchange with God, you always come out way ahead. Um, and I hope you come out good in your gift exchanges this year, but just don't be surprised if you, if you don't. When you go to these parties and things, that just, they could go a lot of different ways. But with God, all your gift exchanges are, are good. And so uh, we're going to jump into this today. And uh, the thing about God and his gift exchanges Uh, The Bible says some profound things about God even being the giver of gifts. It has a lot to say about God giving gifts, and the Bible has a lot to say about the exchanges that we make with God, Uh, so many of them. In fact, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift 
comes from the Father of lights. Every gift we get is from uh, the Heavenly Father. He is simply the giver of gifts from the very beginning. The most profound scripture on this is God so loved the world, He, he what? He gave. He gave. He gave His only Son. And then His Son loved us so much, He gave His life. So God has got this, this theme. His heart condition is to give. He is a good Father. He is giving gifts to His children. Jesus gave His life away for us. God has been giving uh, ever since. In our relationship with God, you might have discovered some of these profound exchanges that have already happened in your life, some of the gift exchanges that already happened. Um, he exchanges, the Bible says, he takes away our darkness from our sin nature and transforms us into this glorious light. You guys know that one, right? Takes us from darkness. So there's a beautiful exchange uh, that he does from the beginning uh, that we go from our bondage to our freedom. He sets captives free. He, he delivers us from things. This is a beautiful exchange that happens. Um, the Bible says he will, he will take away our ashes for beauty, our ashes, the stuff in our past that we look back and go, yeah, I, I, I'm not liking any of that. That was a train wreck back there. I don't even want to talk about it. Whatever we've been through, whatever mess we've been in, the Lord's like, yeah, I'll take that too. I will take your ashes and I will exchange them for beauty. These are just the, the, the heart of God. When you look at scripture, he is the giver of gifts and he's constantly, constantly doing exchanges. We went from being technically and truly orphans. You might have been in a natural family, but we weren't in God's family. We weren't in a spiritual family. And we go from being orphans into being adopted sons and daughters of God. Do you see all the exchanges that happen in scripture? There's so many exchanges that happen with uh, the Lord. Our future went from being completely uncertain to being absolutely guaranteed and certain for sure. These are amazing things. And today I want to look at a few of the top gift exchanges uh, that I believe God has for you. At least you need to be reminded again. I know I need to be reminded of these exchanges. In fact, I am so convinced, you know, I've been following Jesus for a lot of years now. I've been studying his word. I've been doing ministry for a lot of years. But I'll be honest with you, the closer I look at the cross of Jesus, the closer I look at it, uh, the more I understand there are more and more exchanges to be had. Has anybody seen that? There are tons of exchanges to be had at the cross. The first one's forgiveness, for sure. Restored relationship, for sure. But Jesus died for so many things. And there are so many exchanges that happen as a result of God giving us his son. And we're just going to look at a few of those uh, today. And uh, the first scripture, um, we are gonna, we'll put them on the board. You can flip around if you want on this Matthew chapter 6. But we're going to talk about worry because I believe the first thing that God wants you to exchange is if you're going through this season with any worry in your life. If you're worried about anything, if you're stressed about events, if you're stressed about family, if you're stressed about finances, if you're stressed about whatever it might be, where you are or where you're stuck or where you're not, whatever it might be, whatever you're worried about, worry is defined as allowing our minds to dwell on potentially negative outcomes beyond our actual control. So our mind is going this way and we can't control it uh, anyway. And in the Sermon on the Mount which is the most powerful sermon ever preached, Jesus focused on worry and he took it head on. He went right after worry. And the first thing he said about it is don't. First thing, don't, just don't. And you think, well, isn't it optional? Jesus is like, no, 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 it's not good for you. Just, just don't. And he unpacks it because it's so powerful. And there's a beautiful exchange waiting to happen 
in your life and in mine if we are willing to come to the Lord on all of these topics we're going to see today and literally have an exchange. He invites you into a moment of exchange. He invites me into these moments, but do we recognize them and will we follow through? And if so, we'll have these glorious exchanges, I believe, with the Lord. This is how Jesus addressed it in Matthew 6, 25. Again, if this one speaks to you, read the whole chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 6, but we want to look at some topics today on the great exchange. And it says this in Matthew 6, 25, NIV says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat, or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Uh, it is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Again, he starts out saying, don't worry. Number one, just don't worry. And he elaborates on some of the things clearly the first century audience related to, as well as we do today. Uh, your life, don't worry about your life. Some people go through life striving and worrying and you know, flipping out about things that are absolutely beyond our control. And that's what worry is. It's beyond our control anyway. We can't change it. We can't navigate it, but we're worried about it. And our, our mind is there. Our heart is there. Our real estate in our heart, which we only have so much of, it's, in, it's invested in the wrong things. And Jesus looks at people and sees worry and says, oh, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your body. Don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about anything. In the 21st century, you might say, you know, your car. Don't worry about your car. Don't worry about your job. And don't worry. All these things that we can start worrying about, 21st century. He's basically saying everything in your life that can distract you and have you anchored in your heart and your mind and your concern and you're camped out over here in a negative zone and you can't change it anyway. The Lord's saying, don't do that, please. As my sons and daughters, as my children, don't do that because that will rip you off. Instead, I'd rather give you a gift. I'd rather give you a gift. I'd rather take that away from you and I'd rather give you a gift. And he elaborates on this. Now, here's a couple things about worry. And you can read the passage more and we're going to look through a few things today. But if you read through the passage, you're going to find that worry is unnatural. It's unnatural because Jesus says nature does not worry. Do you know nature does not worry? And since nature does not worry, worry is unnatural. And so he, Jesus is like, don't worry, it's unnatural. It's not natural to worry. Uh, and then the next thing he says about it in the passage is worry is, it's unhelpful. He says, how's that actually going to change anything tomorrow by worrying today? Jesus says this. It applied 2,000 years ago. It'll apply forever. It's unnatural. Uh, nature doesn't do it. And it's unhelpful because it doesn't actually change anything. There's a story of a husband who's, wife worried all the time and he said hon why are you wor you worry all the time about everything it does absolutely no good there's no benefit why do you worry so much and she said because it helps <laughs> and he said no it doesn't she said yes it does he goes sweetheart it does not worrying does absolutely nothing and it can't help in any way how can it help in any way she goes 98 percent of the stuff i worry about ever never ends up coming to pass so i guess it helps <laughs> um, um but the other thing about worry, this is another thing about worry. We think worry is optional. Worry is not only unnatural and unhelpful. Worry is un, it's unchristian because Jesus says don't do it. If Jesus, the Christ, the one we follow as Christians, the Christ-like people, the ones we walk with, he says don't do it. So when we do it, it's actually unchristian. It's, it's unnatural, unhelpful, and unchristian. It really reflects a lack of faith. 
instead of believing this, I'm just going to camp out over here and I'm going to spend my mind and my heart and my, my energy on these negative possibilities that will likely never come to pass anyway and you and I can't change them. So Jesus is saying, don't do it, it's unchristian. But uh, here's an amazing thing. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. This is how the Lord is so amazing in his giving of gifts and what he wants to exchange, exchange, everyone say exchange. exchange. You gotta be willing to do it. These are gifts from the Father of lights. He's the giver of all good gifts. And here's one of the many, many gifts. 1 Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about what happens to you. So he's looking down at you. He loves you. He will never leave or forsake you. And he is saying, uh, give those to me, please. <laughs> I see you carrying them. I see the load it's causing in your life. I see the frustration. I see how it's ripping off your faith. I see how it's taking up your time, your heart, your mind. Don't do that. Give your worries and cares uh, to God. So God is inviting us right here and other places in Scripture into this amazing gift exchange uh, with him. And I, I hope we see it. You guys see it right here in a passage like this? Where God is saying, take that and give it to me. You guys see that? You have that. God doesn't have it. You have it. Give that to me, and then we'll see what God gives us as well. Um, but if you want this gift, you have to give God your worries. You have to give him your cares. See, some people, they don't like their worries and cares, but for some strange reason, they're unwilling to give them up. They're unwilling to give them up. I don't know if you know how they catch monkeys but they, they take a box, heavy box, they drill a round hole in it, and they drill a hole in a coconut, and they drop it in the box. So you can smell the coconut. It's coming from inside that box. So the monkeys come along and are like, oh, coconut, I want that. And they grab their hand, they stick it in this box, and they pull it up, and guess what? They can't get their hand out of the hole. The hole was only big enough to drop the coconut. So as they're sitting there doing this, their captors just come right up to them and throw a net on them, and that's how they capture. They won't let go. They won't let go of the coconut. Their life is at stake, and they won't let go of the coconut. Isn't that crazy? If they only knew, just let it go and run, they'd be free. But they won't let go of the coconut. I think we do the same thing in life with our worries. Sometimes we hold on to our worries, and God's like, oh, you don't want to do that. That's captivating. You don't want to be... You want to be free, come to me, give all your worries and cares to me, says the Lord, and, and we're holding on and go, no, I, I don't want to make this exchange. And God is saying, I got a glorious exchange for you, but you have to engage me in the gift exchange. Um, you, you know, we talk about gift exchanges this morning, and the only way they happen is if you go to the gift exchange, right? You have to go to the gift exchange. You don't sit home and the gift exchange happen for you. You go to the gift exchange and there's an exchange. And the same is true with God. We encounter the lover of our soul, and he offers these beautiful uh, exchanges. And uh, this is what he said. Let's see what he's giving us. And this is a great one, John 14, 27. John 14, 27 says this in the NLT. I am leaving you with a gift. Everyone say gift. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And listen, and the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. The world cannot give, so don't be troubled and afraid. He's saying, I am about to drop something on you that you can't get anywhere else, 
You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't slide your way into this place. You're not going to just drift into this zone in life. Well, wow, everything worked out great. Look at me. I got peace. I got joy. I got everything. It just worked out. No, the, the Lord is saying the world can't give you what you want right here, and it's a gift. It's a gift from God. You can't earn it. It's a free gift of grace, and it's peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace that he's given, the world cannot give. And can I just tell you, this is what attracted me to Jesus. Uh, people come to Jesus for many reasons. They, they come because of his knowledge. They come because they see his love. Uh, they, they come because they hear of the forgiveness. Ultimately, no matter how you come or why you come, you have this encounter with the cross of Jesus, and you have to recognize what he did for you there. But how you got there could have been a lot of things. Some people heard somebody got healed, and they're like, just like in the Bible, well, I'm going to go to Jesus. They're not coming for forgiveness. They're coming for the healing. Does that make sense? But along the way, you discover everything he did. Some people came for the food. Do you realize that? Some came for the food. When he fed the 5,000, some came for the food. But along the way, you discover who he is. I came for the peace. This matters a lot to me. I had stuff in my life. I had houses. I had, car, I had stuff. I had, you know, I had stuff. I, stuff wasn't an issue for me. But I didn't have that peace. And I, I, I was beginning to understand that Jesus is, in fact, the Prince of Peace. Everyone say Prince of Peace. That's who was born at Christmas time, the Prince of Peace. And that intrigued me. And I go, I want that. And I began to see that in the life of other Christ followers. I began to see the peace of God, which surpasses understanding. It defies logic. It defies reason. How people can be walking in the peace of God amidst crazy circumstances. It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. It, there's no answer for it. There's no description, except for the fact that it's a gift from God. It's a gift from the Prince of Peace. And I saw it in people's lives, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I want that. I want that. And I started coming around hearing more about this Prince of Peace and reading his word, and what does the Prince of Peace have to say? And I realized he's inviting us into these exchanges, these exchanges along the way. So I understood this exchange very early on going, He's the only one who can give this peace because I pursued a lot of other stuff and nothing brought me peace. And I'm like, I believe this and the peace of God. And when I came to him, that was the most glorious thing. And after he give, gave me peace, then I started to understand all these other dimensions going, oh, and what about this? And what about this? So the point of, point of the matter is this. He wants to make a glorious exchange with you and me as well. So here's the first point this morning. And I encourage you to write these down because God has some, ex some exchanges for you. And he has some exchanges for you this Christmas season. He has some exchanges that you have to be willing to engage him on. And the first one is, the first gift exchange happens when we give God our worries and he gives us his peace. We give him our worries and he gives us his peace. We have to bring them to him. You have to be willing. Uh, do not worry, he says. Um, give God all your worries and cares, First Peter says. And I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. So when we give God our worries, he gives us his peace. Again, he's called the Prince of Peace for a reason, and I hope this Christmas season you begin to sense the magnitude of that uh, so much. Uh, but again, he's saying, don't look for this peace anywhere else. This is, a, uh, this is a takeaway today. Maybe for some of you, this is your word for today, if you get one thing out of today. Don't look for this anywhere else. Amen? Jesus the Christ, God's Son in flesh, says, you will not find it. Jesus said, my eyes have looked everywhere. I know the universe. I know the planet. I know the known and I know the unknown. And believe me, P 
peace you will not find anywhere else, he's saying. So that's really important. Um, There's a story about a flight that was taken off, and it was going to Europe. And uh, the downside is there was some really bad weather, but it shouldn't have been that difficult. Everyone gets on the plane, and they take off. And as they're, they're taken off, the storm is getting more difficult. And the first sign of trouble came when the captain gets on the radio and turns on the fastened seatbelt light and says, ladies and gentlemen, I need to ask you not only to sit down, but stay in your, in your seat. We're running into a storm, and it's a bigger storm than we assumed. Uh, he comes on the radio about a half an hour later and says, this is your captain speaking. I'm sorry, due to the level of this storm and the turbulence, we're not going to be able to serve any drinks at this time. Please remain seated. And as things got difficult, he came on again and said, unfortunately, folks, the turbulence is getting much worse. Uh, we will not be serving a meal on this plane. Please remain seated. And then the turbulence got worse and the plane started to shake. And he said, everyone, this is imperative. Stay in your seats. It got so worse that some of the open head, overhead bins began to open. If you've ever been on a plane and seen them pop open, things started to fall out. At this point, people started to panic. The pilot said, listen, please stay in your seats. We are in between two coasts. We can't go around and turn back. We're going to have to continue through. At that point, people on the plane with the drops in altitude were starting to scream. Some of them were panicking. Some people were praying. And this man on the plane who was stressed out and biting his fingernails looks over and sees this young girl in the aisle next to her, aisle next to him. And all she was doing, she was reading her book. And when things would happen and fall, she'd just look up and go back to her book. And everyone's flipping out on the whole plane. And she's just sitting there reading her book, looking around at these people and going back to her book. And he says to her, he says, little girl, excuse me, aren't you worried? Aren't you afraid? We're not going to make it? Aren't you afraid? And she says very calmly, no, I'm not afraid because my daddy is the captain and he's taking me home. My daddy's the captain and he's taking me home. And you can rest in that. Amen? You can rest in that. You should rest in that. I don't know what's worrying you right now. I don't know what's worrying you. I don't know what sort of turbulence you might have in your life right now. I don't know what sort of things are falling out of the overhead bins. I don't know if you feel like screaming or praying or both. I don't know what's going on in your life, but you got to trust Your daddy is the captain. Your daddy is the captain. And you can rest in that. And you can give him your worries. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Cast them upon the waters. The Lord's saying, just throw them away. Bring them to me. I got you covered. The cross covers that. This is important uh, to know. And so that's an important one. So for some in this Christmas season, maybe worry is a really big one. Uh, But for some... Uh, Again, it's the greatest time of the year, but maybe under the surface, there's some sort of pain or difficulty. It's not worry, it's just a pain, maybe a hurt, maybe some kind of difficulty making this Christmas season difficult to to fully enjoy, and that could be a lot of different things. Maybe you've endured a loss. Uh, I remember when my father had passed away, it made the next couple of Christmases very difficult, and anybody have that situation, right? It makes it, it's not the same and the Lord starts bringing you through that. But it could be a lot of different things, any kind of pains, any kind of hurts going into this holiday where maybe it's hard to fully appreciate uh, this time of the year. So the next step in this great exchange that the Lord is offering you and me is to bring, bring whatever is broken. Bring whatever is broken in your life uh, to God, including, listen, including a broken heart, including a broken heart. 
including an unmet expectation, including anything that is weighing you down and, and hurting. And here's the next point this morning, and we'll look at uh, scripture for this. Um, this. The second point of the great exchange with the Lord that he's offering, it happens when we, when we give God our hurts, he gives us his healing and joy. You have to take your hurt and bring it to him. You've got to be intentional with your hurt. Um, and you bring it to him, and he replaces it with healing and joy. Psalm 147 says he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted. This takes something intentionally, though. It takes going to the Lord and say, Lord, this hurts. This is a problem. This is a whatever. Whether it's a grief or a sorrow or a hurt or a burden, you have to get intentional and go, Lord, I want to celebrate the season, but, but this, this hurts. This is getting in the way. And do a transaction with God and ask him and, and enjoy his goodness and believe by faith that he's willing to make a glorious exchange with you um, to, to, to take away what's broken when we bring it in faith and, and watch him uh, heal the brokenhearted as he says he does. And I've seen him do it and I trust you've experienced it as well. Here's one interesting thing. The Bible says not only does God heal the brokenhearted, but sometimes God uses his people, his family, this is important, to help heal the brokenhearted. He, he uses you and I and others around you to help heal the brokenhearted. So maybe you're going through a hurt. God may do it directly. He may use the people in your life to help you through that. He may use you to help them through their brokenhearted moment. It says this in 2 Corinthians 1.4. He says, he comforts us in all our troubles. Listen, why? Here's why he comforts us in all our troubles. So that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God gave us. So God is saying, I want to do this gift exchange with you. I want to take broken things away and give you comfort. I want to restore broken hearts. This is what I do. But listen, when I do it, don't just keep this gift. Would you continue to give that one away? How many of you know freely you've been given, freely give, right? The Lord's like, I'm doing an exchange. I'm giving it. Would you continue to give that away? Would you look around and see others that are hurting? including in this Christmas season, people who have a weight, and some people carry some pretty big weights. How many have seen a manifestation at the mall or any place else yet? I have. Anywhere else? Parking lot? No manifestations yet? Yeah, you'll see them. Why? Because people start to, some people come unraveled a little bit. People are carrying things. You have no idea what. Uh, but pray and ask God for that holy radar that you can spiritually kind of discern what people are going through. And, and I trust you're going to see some people who really need comfort and I trust this Christmas season, the Lord wants to use you as an ambassador of his comfort. If you've been comforted, then turn around and share that comfort. That's what the scripture is, is saying. Um, so anyway, and, and 1620 of John, 1620, that says through the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it says, our grief and sorrow will be turned to joy, Jesus is telling the disciples. You're going to have grief and sorrow, but it's about to get turned to, to joy uh, and we see that in Paul's life. We see that in the disciples' life. We see him go through all kinds of stuff that is serious burden and hurt and sorrow and God turning it into joy. And you're like, God, how do you do that? Would you come to him first? And you have to be willing to make this uh, glorious exchange. Um, so the next thing I just want to share is, okay, some of us have a, a, an issue with worry going into this Christmas. Maybe some of us have a, a hurt or a burden or a grief, and that's maybe the challenge that... <laughs> You want it to be the most wonderful time of the year, uh, but because of these things, it's getting in the way. Um, some of you, maybe you're coming to this Christmas and that's not the issue, but you're actually hoping to get something really cool. 
It is Christmas time, and ever since you were a kid, you make a list, right? How many of you guys made a list, right? Maybe you got it, or maybe that's the cool thing as a kid. You get a list, and you get to write like what you really want. And maybe in your heart of hearts, you're asking the Lord for something. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're hoping in life, or you're going after something, and it's okay to have good goals and, and, and things you're chasing after and pursuing as long as they're in the right place in life. Um, but some are hoping to get something really special. And this may be the most important part of the gift exchange for you. This part here may be the most important part of God's gift exchange. In Matthew 6, in the passage I shared earlier, I, continue to, I encourage you to read the whole thing today uh, and spend some time with the Lord on it. But Jesus gives us an itemized list of all the things that we want, that we actually start striving after and worrying about and pursuing. And, and that could be anything. It could be the promotion. It could be the house. It could be the, whatever you want, whatever you like really, really want. Uh, uh, we have our own lists and we start to worry about these things or go after them pretty relentlessly. And this is what it says in Matthew 6.32. The things that we want really, 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 really bad Jesus said, don't, don't keep your mind in that zone about the stuff you want, 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 want so bad. Jesus, Jesus says this in verse 32. He says, these things, these things we camp out and want so bad, like I hope I, hope, I hope I get it, I hope I get it. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But listen, your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. So the Father knows our needs before we even say them, and yet you and I can be enamored or uh, pursuing stuff. I don't know what that stuff might be, but sometimes we're just relentless about what we're pursuing, and the Lord sees that also and says, listen, I already know what you need, but we're camped out going after this thing over here, uh, and even as Christians, we can get consumed with stuff. We, it's one thing to have things we want and need, but some things consume us and can consume us. And when that happens, then the church, even though we believe, we start to think like the world does because we're supposed to be trusting in God as we go through life, but sometimes we believe, but we're still pursuing the same stuff the world does. And he's saying, don't let those things dominate your mind. That's what unbelievers do. Unbelievers camp out on stuff. They're just always thinking about stuff. And in the church, we're not supposed to. So even as Christians, it can happen to us. So Jesus is saying, hey, listen, don't let these things dominate your mind, number one, and choose to trust that your heavenly Father already knows. He already knows what you need. And with that in mind, Jesus offers this profound exchange regarding the things we really, really want, just stuff we want. And this is what he says in verse 31. It's profound. Really should be a life verse for many of us because to me it summarizes so much, excuse me, verse 33. It summarizes so much of the heart of the gospel and the genuine relationship we have through Jesus Christ. It says this in verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Everyone say above all else. else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Here's a glorious exchange. If you're willing to seek God, He's willing to give you, and this is a promise, and it's a profound one. And I, now, this is something, I want to be honest with you. If you've said yes to Jesus, some people, and I've shared this before because I think it's kind of an issue in the church in America. I think we presented a soft gospel and just say, say this special prayer. Jesus takes all your sins away and everything is glorious. And I think what we forgot to tell people to do is what Jesus and the disciples were saying is, well, yes, he does that, but, but turn and follow him, Right? Turn and follow and make him the Lord of your life, right? So, so we leave that out, but that's the part that really matters so much is to turn and to follow. If we have 
a scripture like this, we go, yes, that's right. I, I've said I'm going to do that. I need to get better at doing that, but yes. But, but if we've only said yes to this special forgiveness prayer and we never made him the Lord, a scripture like this is really hard. And if you're struggling with this scripture today, I would encourage you in the privacy of your own heart, ask the Lord, did I get off the throne and make you the king of my life? Did I really do it? I mean, I believe the prayer. I want the forgiveness. I like you. I choose you out of all the other faiths. Yes. But did I get off the throne and make you the king of my life? Am I following you? Because that's what this scripture is about. This is how you engage in this gift exchange with the Lord. Um, He's saying that above all else, if we put him first, if we put him first, so that means what do you and I bring to this gift exchange? Well, you and I, we bring our priorities. Everyone say priorities. priorities. We bring our priorities. We bring our priorities first. Above all else, our priorities have to be him, his ways. And our lifestyle is a path of light, right living. Life's, a righteous lifestyle references here. I'm, I'm going to try to live right, God. I'm gonna, you're calling me out of that lifestyle. You're calling me into this. I am going to try to live right and put you first. That's what you're calling me to bring to you, to bring first, which we should be doing as Christ followers already, but it's a reminder for all of us. And here is what God gives you. Here is what God gives you. Everything you need. How's that for an exchange? Everything you need. That's a tall order right there. And the cool thing about everything you need, he already knows in your heart before you even ask what you need, and he will give you everything you need. It doesn't say this applies to people who aren't following God and walking with him. Don't worry, God's going to handle everything. It doesn't say that. It's for those who are his children who say, God, I'm trying to walk right, and you're my king, so guess what? When you do that, your problems, listen, your problems become God's problems. Do you realize that? Because you're his child. If our kids have a problem, we have five children. Their problem becomes our problem because we're parents that love them. Does that make sense? Their problems are ours. Now, we try to help them work through, like if they stepped in the mud, don't step in the mud again because you're going to get muddy. We have to teach them what to do along the way. But the bottom line is we help them get cleaned up and back on the track again. Does that make sense? You have a heavenly father that sees everything in your life, and and this is important for all of us, but um, when we put him first, when we choose the right path, he's going to provide everything you need, and that's profound. That's our third point this morning. The great exchange happens with God when we give God our priority and lifestyle, and he gives us every gift we really need. And many of you have probably come to terms, there are wants and needs in life. Wants are nice, but needs are necessary, right? Right? big difference between wants and needs. The needs are necessary. These are the things we need. And sometimes like, Lord, I need this. The Lord's like, I know, I see you. Watch what I'm going to do. This is where you have to begin to trust in the things that God, God says. So God is offering you everything you need. And that is amazing. And here's something, here's a fourth point. I'm going to hit the last two real quick. In fact, if the worship team would come up, this would be wonderful. Um, Here's the thing about the, the things that God offers you. He, he has so many gifts in the Bible. We can't even cover them today. We're just skimming the surface of the great gift exchange that God has for you and I. Uh, there are so many gifts. There, there, are, there, there are so many you can't even count. The glorious exchanges. As, as Jesus comes and redeems, he, he, just, he, he shows us dimensions of his redemption and you know, his dimensions of his gifting and the graces and the protections and the provisions that he pours out. There's so many of them, we can't cover them. But, but here's one thing that we need to do, and this is especially important, it's our fourth point this morning, is that um, if you want to encounter God on the great, these great gift exchanges, it's important, number four, uh, for us to dwell on his promises 
instead of dwelling on our problems. I have to dwell on his promises instead of dwelling on my problems. And this is important because no matter what your problem is, maybe it's not a worry, maybe it's a provision, maybe it's a person, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it could be a whole lot of other things. Uh, I get it and those things are real, but listen, as sons and daughters, we have to put our head and our heart in the lane. It's like on a freeway, you gotta pick a lane, right? You gotta choose a lane. You can't ride in all of them at the same, you gotta pick a lane. And I would say in this, we got to pick the lane of the promises of God. That's the lane you want to be in, the promises of God. If you stay in the lane of God's promises, if we dwell there, if we camp out there, we're not going to be camped out on all this other stuff that we worry about, all the other stuff that we dwell on, any of the problems, the issues that weigh us down and pull us back. That's like living life in the rearview mirror. Uh, You can't drive well looking in the rearview mirror, but that's what the worries and the concerns and the problems do. They're pulling us rather than God. You know what I need before I ask. I want to move forward in faith. Remind me of your promises, and I'm going to keep moving forward in faith. That is profoundly important. And uh, the last thing is, is this, um, and Jesus saw this in the lives of so many. And I want to encourage you, you have so many friends and family and people that you know that need this monumental one more than any, anything else. If there's one exchange they need in their life, it really needs to begin here. Um, because Jesus, walking through Galilee, saw people with all kinds of weights and burdens. He, he just walked through the crowd, and he's like, wow, would you see, look at that. The disciples are like, what, Jesus? He's like, don't you see it? No. Look, people are they're, they're walking around harassed on the inside, the weight of harassment. And you're thinking, harassment? Who's harassing them? He goes, look, can't you see it? They're walking around, they're, they're, they're like, they're weighed down, they're harassed, they're overloaded, they're discouraged, they're, and Jesus sees all this, and he's, he's calling it out, and he said to people, look at the load you're carrying. The load you're carrying is weighing you down, the load you're carrying is, is buckling your legs, you're, you're carrying stuff that you weren't designed to carry, and for some people, it was actually killing them under this weight, and Jesus saw that, because he sees in the spirit, and he's like, would you look at this weight, and this is... This is what he, he says in this glorious gift exchange. The weight you're carrying is far too heavy for you. Would you be willing to give me that enormous weight you're carrying? And listen, I'm going to give you something too. But the one I'm going to give you, <laughs> it's light, and you absolutely can carry this. You were made for this one, but you weren't made for that one. And this is a profound one in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Love this scripture. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy, and my burden that I give you, it is, it is light. He's saying, listen, here's a glorious gift exchange waiting to be happening. For your friends and family and those who haven't made a commitment to Christ, this is where it begins. If you're here this morning and you haven't made a commitment to Christ, this is where your gift exchange begins with the giver of all gifts, Jesus Christ, who says, listen, I'm gonna take your weight, your burdens, your past, your everything, the stuff you're carrying. You can't carry it anyway. Don't try to carry it any further. It's too heavy for you. You weren't designed. Your legs are gonna buckle under the weight of it. Some people, it's weighing them down. It's killing them. Jesus is like, I see it and I hear you and I feel you. Would you give me that burden? And I have one for you in exchange. But guess what? It is light. 
you're going to like it. You're going to learn from me, and you're going to learn to navigate life my way. And it's not going to be a life full of burden. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Everyone say that. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So there's stuff in life, but it's not the stuff that breaks you. It's not the stuff that kills you. On that side of the cross, it was. But on this side, it's not. Yes, there's burdens, but they don't kill you, and they don't buckle your legs like they do because Jesus is like, that stuff, I'll get. And then if you find that you are carrying something that's overwhelming, you have to ask, where did this burden come from? Is this a self-inflicted burden? Is this part of the light and easy burden the Lord gave me? Or is this some other burden? Because you need to ask that sometimes. If you're carrying something too heavy and you're in Christ, you've got to ask, did the Lord give me this burden? Or did I pick this thing up myself along the way? You really need to ask that. So our last point this morning in this glorious monumental exchange, the, probably the most important one, is when we give God our burdens and he gives us his rest. And part of that burden is the burden of sin. It's the weight of sin. And he gives us fresh starts, new beginnings. He puts his spirit in us. That's the most glorious exchange we could ever ask for. And on that note, I want to just close in prayer. But I just pray for everyone in this room that this is, in fact, the most wonderful time of the year that you get to shine the light of Jesus in your world where you're going. Uh, some of you are going to be joining us for caroling tonight. It's epic. If you haven't done, done it, you need to come. Everyone just come anyway. Uh, Kim is hosting. She's like, great, thanks. We already got, you know, you know. Hey, listen, come. It's a blast. You know what? When else could you ever knock on someone's door and start singing a Jesus song, right? Could you do that in the middle of July? They would think you're a little odd, wouldn't they? But right now, there's people, every tribe, tongue, and nation, they open the door, and I, we saw people just enamored. People, maybe some whose culture, they've never seen this before in their life, and they're like, wow. And we're just going to love them through song and celebrate the season, right? Because this is what it's about, right? Not only is it the most wonderful time of the year, it's the most wonderful time of the year to give away as well. So join us. Join us this evening. It's going to be great. Let's close in prayer right now. And let's stand up if we could. Let's stand up and have a moment with the Lord. Um, Mighty God, we come before you this morning and just raise your hands up to him uh, in any kind of way, down low, whatever you feel like. Uh, Lord, we just come before you, our hands just representing any kind of burden we have. We want to come before you making this Uh, We want it to be the most wonderful time of the year because it ought to be uh, for every reason, every intent, every purpose, every reality of what you've done in this time. We celebrate God that became flesh, the Prince of Peace came to town. Um, Lord, I I just pray for any burden we're carrying right now, any worry that we're carrying right now, any disappointment that we're carrying right now, any hurt that we're carrying right now, any unmet expectation, whether it's a matter of grief, matter of disappointment, a uh, matter of uh, what we assumed and need not being met, Lord, all these things. Uh, Lord, we want to do a glorious exchange with you, beginning with what you say. Come to me, all of you who are weary and have a heavy load. I will give you rest, Lord. Uh, that's a one-time thing early on, but we can continue to do that in our walk with you. We can keep coming back to you and saying, Lord, I'm coming back to you today. I'm coming back to you today. I- I'm weary and I have a heavy load. And I want to make this exchange with you that you might give me rest this Christmas, that I might have peace and joy this Christmas, that I might celebrate the Prince of Peace and shine your light and be salt in the circles where people need to meet the Prince of Peace. Lord, would you do that in our lives? We make this exchange with you by faith this morning, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name and God's people said, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap because he's good all the time. Amen. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. 
To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.